Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivion, your podcast for discussions on films that are weird, out of date, out of style, hard to find, um, missing in action, or other things that sound just, just, you know, weird shit. Anyway, today, as usual, I am your host, James Eldrin, and I got a real, real bang of a flick for you this, this, this week. And who do I got with me to discuss this rightfully forgotten piece of 80s ephemera? Uh, this is Reese, aka Flemish Dog, on Twitter and the Internet Archive. Yes, yeah, Reese. Really, qu- thanks for doing this. This is kind of your fault. So, kind of half my fault, half your fault. We'll get to that. But before we talk about the movie, since this is your first time on podcast, why don't you tell people a bit about yourself? Uh, I'm a what I call an off-air TV broadcast archivist. So what? So what is an off-air TV archivist? Uh, it's stuff that people record off TV themselves, and then uh, I just go through it and take out the commercials and stuff. That's the the cool stuff, okay, basically. Cool. And then you upload all that to the Internet Archive because YouTube sucks shit. YouTube sucks. It's I'm never going back. I mean, well, I have to, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a whore for attention. But you yeah. know, I I understand why you wouldn't be. What are some of the most really quick? What are some of the most interesting things that you think you've discovered, like nobody else has put on the internet? weirdest things i found a really good copy of the william shatner rocket man performance on a umatic <laughs> videotape <Okay. laughs> it was it was right at the end i, I didn't, didn't expect that answer Go i ahead. didn't know if i had all of it when i re- when i found it i was just like okay i'm hitting record i don't know how much of this tape is left please don't stop before then it didn't there was like a minute minute after the performance and i was just like oh my fucking god uh, what kind of tape was it a umatic a semi broadcast oh uh, yeah I, I know those yeah yeah, yeah. Aren't, aren't those big. bigger tapes yes yeah 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 you know i you know i know i know i know my video cuz yeah. yo uh and uh, that, that's a good that's a good find yeah and uh i think the earliest thing i found was from a few months into color broadcasting in Australia from 1975, I think June 13th, and it was 15 minutes of the news, and the presenter had a mustache. It was very uh, Anchorman. Mm-hmm. White suit, maroon shirt, yellow tie. I think they dressed that way so that uh, even if you were watched, still watching in black and white, you could, yeah. you could still make out what they were wearing. That makes sense, actually, yeah. Mm. And two of the ads were still in black and white. They hadn't uh, filmed wow. two versions of the ad. Crazy. It's just what That's happened. pretty cool. Yeah. When I, I used to collect old VHS tapes when I was in the States. I tried to here, but you really can't find used used old VHS tapes here. Like, in, like, not in I've stores. Had, I, if you know no, where to find them, tell me. No, um, I've, I've had luck with Yahoo auctions. Yeah, yeah, mostly. but I don't want, yeah, but, like, going into hard off and stuff. Yeah, like, no. I, I, I think, I'm sure Japan is like, oh, that's a little bit iffy. Yeah, but uh, the two best things I ever found in America when I used to buy them from from like rummage sales and churches. One, I found a entire Cleveland Browns Pittsburgh Steelers game, which is not that strange. Since this is in Pittsburgh, but it was a game I was at. Oh wow! And it was a legendary game. This is football, American football stuff, and I apologize, but hey, it was a I, game. I where- have I have two hours of uh, the '89. I no, I have six hours of a six-hour tape of. Uh, the 89 Super Bowl from Japanese television. Ooh, shit. Who played that one? <laughs> ah, 49ers. Okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Um, 
89. That makes sense. I feel like it doesn't matter who else because the Niners won. Um, but this one was one where the Browns were down and then they won because their best player, um, Metcalf, ran back two punt returns. And it was, ama- it was an amazing game. Anyway, I found that. And that was great because it was back when beer commercials were illegal on American TV or the NFL anyway. So all the commercials, all the commercials were for near beer, you know, just to get the brand recognition. And then another one I have that I can't find anymore. It was an it was an SLP tape, so six hours of mid '80s Playboy Channel. Oh, beautiful! And I don't, <laughs> and I don't know what happened to it. It what most of it wasn't even like R rated. It was just like bad bad relationship advice and like. So yeah, like yeah. girls well, modeling look, lingerie. If you're gonna have a 24 hour channel, it's not gonna all be exactly. But I can't winners. find. Last time I was in America, I looked through my taste and I couldn't find that one, and I was really oh. sad. But yeah, that's what. If happens. I ever do go back to the states, then I will try one more time Good in luck. my storage locker. But anyway, enough about the bizarre tapes taken from the internet. Let's talk about a bizarre thing that played in the theaters. So, brief backstory for this movie. So, a few weeks ago, I did, I did an episode on a film that I love called Big Shots with my, my, my friend Norm. So, check that one out. And that came out in 1987. And when I was looking up in the newspapers, I like to look in the movie, the movie ad listings, you know, to see what else is playing. And I saw an ad for a movie called Too Much. And all the ad said was, too much, the robot who could love. There was no picture either. There was, there was, was just... no picture, and like the t- the two I- the two O's were eyes. Yes, you know, and that was it. And then a Canon Films logo, and, and that's that. That well, got your antenna pinging. You were going. To be, to be honest, I wish it was more obscure because, like, when when it has Canon Films, you get certain tropes that we'll talk about. But um, I was like, huh, I've I've never heard of this film, and that's. For me, not to toot my own horn, the movie came out in the late 80s and I haven't heard of it. It's pretty obscure. It's pretty and goddamn obscure. It's pretty obscure because I, I, I lived in a video store. So, yo. So, anyway, I tweeted that out and then you found a copy of it. Yes. <laughs> and we won't get into where or how. I will say that if you want to watch this movie... That right now there are no good quality copies on YouTube, but I have a sneaking suspicion that there might be somebody who creates a YouTube account totally unaffiliated with either of us. I swear, yeah. and um, you might find a copy on YouTube that has subtitles from another country on it. Just ignore those, and yeah, you might look, if you can read Norwegian. That's great. If you can read Norwegian, that's great. And then also, it might somehow appear on the Internet Archive. It might. Uh, I don't know. It might. I don't know. I don't know who would do that. Certainly not me. Certainly, I certainly will not attach not attach myself to anything remotely connected to Warner Brothers at all. No, no. <laughs> so, not me. Somebody might. But anyway, you're not the kind to you know buy uh, bootleg CDs and stuff. I, I don't buy bootleg CDs. Oh. Ah, I keep well, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of them in Japan as I've seen. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like bootleg bootleg CDs. I buy because I, they sound like shit usually. Yeah, usually. Uh, I do have a few Emerson Lincoln Palmer bootlegs, but I'm I'm an idiot. But anyway, so like you can't find this movie legally. It is, it was released. I imagine it was released on VHS tape in various countries, and that was it. It it I it it was broadcast on American TV back in the '80s. I, I found TV listings, but. There's no good recordings of it. There is one recording on, as of this recording, there is one copy on YouTube. It's like a 240p. Yeah. It's like, that's like, so that's half, that's half SD. Yeah. 
So it looks like shit. Um, the copy we watched, would you say that was like probably a 420, what was that, 480p, you think? At least. A, a digital, but not H, uh, a standard definition digital TV, probably. Yeah, it looked, it, it was totally watchable. Yeah. Uh, I tried running it through my upscaler, it didn't, didn't work that well, but um, yeah. <laughs> everyone was too shiny. But uh, yeah, so that's how we watched it. And um, Reese, I want to thank you and say go to hell. Because um, this is a movie that is really, it's something. It's something. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. It got so, made. It got there were, made. There was production involved. Kind of. There were two people, countries. Yeah. It's a, people got yeah. paid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Reese, why don't you tell the people what too much is about? Uh, have you seen Short Circuit? Yes. It's basically that, but with a child. Yeah, but a little le- oddly less racist. Ooh, yes, somehow. Yeah, yeah somehow. <laughs> wow. It is basically Short Circuit. But even Japan- more for kids. Even more for kids. It's it's Short Circuit meets E.T. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. With a little bit of Gremlins thrown in, but not really. And... That's about it, and it takes it is set in Tokyo, yeah. But the main character is white because America. Yes, um, it's a fish out of water. Fish out of water. This little girl befriends a robot, which is just too much. Hence the oh. name. Yeah, oh, we'll get the, into that. We'll get into that shit in a bit. Um, this is going to be an episode where because the movie is so obscure, we're just going to talk about the whole thing probably. Uh, so you if you need, are, you do not need to watch it, even if uh, someone does upload it somewhere. You do not need to watch it. Also, you do not need to worry about us spoiling it because if you do watch it, I think the spectacle of what the fuck is going on is not spoiled by us spoiling oh, no. the ending, which makes no sense. Um, no, it doesn't. But I do. So, so as this movie is without question. Without this is the most obscure film I've covered on this podcast. It doesn't even have complete credits on the IMDb. This really is oblivia, obscure, forgotten, outdated. Yes. It it fit. It ticks a lot of boxes. It has to be the most obscure film by Canon Films. That I mean, it has well, to. I mean, maybe. Well, actually, let me think. There are I mean, scol- there are there are Canon Films scholars who probably don't even know that this movie exists or haven't seen it. I mean, there, I mean, well, let's be honest though. If there's more obscure films, we don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. confirmation bias. But yeah, this is a this is a Canon film. We've I mean, I, I talked about them last week, the last last episode with American Ninja Two. They are you know the legends of the of the eighties B movie, and this was a co production from what I could understand. With Toho, right? Yes, the 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 big Japanese movie studio. They did. It was filmed entirely in Japan. About eighty percent of the staff is Japanese. Yes, and there was. Yes, there were a lot of Japanese names in the credits. Probably yes. going through everything involving the cast and the crew. The most notable person who worked on this film, who still you don't know who they are, is Daisaku Kimura. Daisaku Kimura was is still alive because it's Japan and he's like ninety eight. Um, he's a cinematographer who worked with. I don't think he worked with Kurosawa, but he you know he worked with Kin, with um Kinji Fukusaku. Kinji Fukusaku did Battle Royale. Ah, um, and he ma- 
he was a cinematographer on Virus, which was a big international production in the 80s with Sonny Chiba, George Kennedy, and a lot of other people. It's a pretty good but incredibly depressing movie about a virus. I don't want to watch a depressing movie about a no, virus I'm, right now. I'm good at that. I'm, I'm good. good. We, we, yeah. got the, we got our own apocalypse. We don't need the fake ones. But the, he's the cinematographer, and so he's like the most notable person on this. The movie was written and directed by... I, I This guy is French, I believe, and I don't know how to say his name correctly. You want to give it a try? Eric Rochard. Eric, Eric Rochard. Eric Rochard. I believe he is French or Belgium. Um, yeah, he is French. And he was mostly known for making erotic cinema. <laughs> That's a theme with this movie somehow. With erotica? Yeah. Oh, oh, the people in it. Not the yeah, film the itself. People, that's, no, that, not the that, film that, itself. That'd be, that'd be illegal. Yes. Um, because that girl is like eight. Anyway, yes. um, he, his big break was in the 70s. He bought the rights to the story of O, which was kind of a relatively famous tale of French erotica. It's, I know the, I had never read the story of O because I don't read a lot of, uh, Erotica. Um, you know, talking about not necessary. Not no. necessary. But it was made into a movie in the 70s, which was moderately well known. It has Udo Kier in it. And it's, you know, softcore, softcore porn from the eight seventies. So I'm and I'm sure it did well on Cinemax in the eighties. Certainly. And yeah. he also directed Story of O Chapter Two. Oh. <laughs> um Electric Boogaloo. Just kidding. No, it's not. And story, story of oxygen. Story, no. And then he also he also produced a Zodorowsky film called Tusk, which I'd never heard of. Alejandro Zodorowsky. He did, you know, um, uh, what Holy Mountain and El, El Topo. Yep. yep. And he also produced the Story of O TV series. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 And that I know. That I have. I have actually seen episodes of. I, I that was on some cable network in the in the nineties. And it's like, it's not as interesting to watch as the Red Shoe Diaries, because that had David Duchovny in it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's 90 softcore, you know. It is what it is. But in the middle of all of that, I guess he made this movie. <laughs> he, only yeah, directed, he only directed a few films. And the two of most probably his two his only two non softcore porn films are this and a movie called The Fifth Monkey huh. which was uh one of a movie that uh Golan of Golan and Globus produced after Canon went under uh, so this, this is, dude yeah. must have known the Canon brothers um the Canon duo cousins whatever they were and that's a movie about Ben Kingsley and some uh monkeys <laughs> yeah, sounds good well, there's, I, a, there's at least five of them it looks no actually i think he's the fifth monkey yeah so but anyway i have never seen that either but that's that's you know usually i spend a lot of time going in depth with the with the with the crew of a film to talk about their oeuvre and everything no that's it that's all i got that's, that's basically got. it yeah that's basically it and like, I, I, I even pause the credits to look at other people no, like the film, the guy who edited this, the editing is terrible. He yes. edited Cyborg, okay, Ooh. and Ooh. Masses of the Universe, and Ooh. 
he's still he was working in it up to 2015. So he got better because he <laughs> yeah. did he did he did. I mean, the editing for he also was did better stuff before this because he was working with Toby Hooper. He, ah. did, he did Chainsaw 2 and Invaders from Mars. Both look better than this movie. Yep. He also was the editor for Lemon Popsicle. Lemon Popsicle was kind of like a proto. I don't know who directly. I think Golden Globals produced that. Let me see. Yes. Yes, yes, they did. That's, that's that a series is, I'm somehow familiar with. Yes. Well, that's it was remade in America as Last American Virgin. And that is yes. kind of the Golden Globals' first big hit. So a lot of people who worked on that kind of followed them throughout their careers, yeah. you know, because yeah. the goal from what I, I haven't watched those documentaries about the gold, gold Globus and Golan. But one thing I can tell is that they were fucking loyal. Oh yes. And if you, if they liked you and you liked them, you got in good. Yeah. The only other, like speaking of which the music in this film, we'll get to the songs, but the, oh. the score as it is, is by George Clinton. Not that. Oh, George Clinton. Not, that not that one. No, I made the joke last week. Same yeah. guy, <laughs> same guy. So, some canon mainstays here. Um, yeah. As far as the cast, yeah, nobody that white people know. No. No, the, the, the movie stars little Bridget Anderson as Susie. Yeah. Um, she was, I think, probably 11 years old when they filmed this. Incredibly um, cute. Very Sicken- cute. Sickeningly cute. Sickeningly cute. Her big movie was well. She was in a few. She was in a lot of stuff for about ten years. She was her, her breakthrough role was playing the title character of Savannah in a movie called Savannah Smiles, which was moderately popular. Peter Graves is in that. It's like a cute family film. It's kind of based like it's like a two bu- two small time crooks fall um, meet a runaway kid and they they go on adventures. You know, it's a, it's a harmless little movie and. From there, she did a lot of stuff. She was in a May. She was in a TV movie about May West. She played May West as a kid, obviously. Um, she's in a movie I've seen, which is great, called Nightmares. Have you seen Nightmares? I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it. It's probably because I've seen it in a trailer or something on a, on a yeah, VHS. Yeah, I would not be surprised if you have like one third of it on a recorded off a of TV. Sure. Um, yeah, it was. It's an anthology horror film. That has a that is most notable because it has a scene a uh, story where Emilio Estevez is tormented by video games, um, and it oh, has Emilio. oh it's really good and it also has a uh, leaving from the band Fear and he's 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 the bad guy and he's Mr. Body and Clue and um, Moon Unit Zappa and I want to say Lance Hendrickson's in that I, yes Lance Hendrickson's in that movie yes yes. And that's a pretty and Richard Mauser, Richard Mauser's in, in um in the thing, Veronica Cartwright's in it, and um there's a there's a story about a giant killer rat. She's in that story. Um, that's a fun little bit. That's a good. I recommend Nightmares. Nightmares might appear on this podcast at some point. It's a good movie. And then she was in fantasy, a ton of TV, Fantasy Island, Remington Steel, Family Ties, the Marcus Welby TV movie. An episode of Golden Girls, which I saw her in recently because I mean my boyfriend were watching the entire series. Um, I think that episode made my boyfriend cry. Uh, um, it's it's one of them. It's one of one of the, one of at least fifty. Um, yeah. I keep in track, and she plays um, Rose's granddaughter. It's a cute episode, and then she made Parent Trap Two, um, which has Haley Mills in it, and I forgot who the the time Tom scared it. 
And then after that, this was her last movie. Yeah. Um, she did some small stuff after that, and apparently she passed away in 97 from okay. drugs. Yeah, we and there's a lot of stuff on the internet about her that's kind of skeevy and gross. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about any of that because none, none of it's collaborated, collaborated and who the hell knows. It's very sad, though, because yeah. she was a very, I, she's not a bad actress no. in this movie. No, no. No, she's not a, her character is obnoxious. Yes. But she we can't not. we can't blame her for that. No, no. no. Um, and the other stuff I've seen her in, she's fine. She's a good actress. You know, she was one of the un, un unsourced. Apparently, she was up for the role of Firestarter. Ooh. And lost it to Drew Barrymore, which makes sense because yeah, they're about the same age. Yeah. You know. Um. But no, it's it, it's a shame that she quit, bec- and it's a shame that she passed away. Obviously, but for all the film, for this film's multitude of faults. Yes. Um, she's not. Bridgette Anderson is is completely fine. She's not she, bringing she in. Has a, act, she has to act alongside a robot. That's not easy. No, and I I'm willing to bet that she had a blast making this movie. I would. Oh, I would I'm hope. sure. I you hope. Just, you just get you know, you know cut blood cut blanche access to Japan for you know a few months. Brilliant. Yes. Yes, and then her, there are her parents, played by um, David Spencer, and I forgot who plays the mom because he's done nothing. Somebody named Rachel Huggett. Right. She is in two films, Too Much and something called Bye Bye Jupiter. <laughs> All right. Yep. No. Which is also Japanese. Oh. So maybe she lived in, maybe she lived in Japan. Maybe, yeah. You know, good for her. That that's 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 good work. It says according to Wikipedia, she, according to IMDb, she works as a sculptor a sculptor now, but who knows. You cannot trust the IMDb no. biographies. No. FYI. No. Um She's done nothing. And then the dad, David Spencer, he's Australian. So, of course, what was he in? Uh, neighbors. Yes. <laughs> At least w- Neighbors, Water Rats, whatever. If it's a local production, he was probably in it. Not to be an idiot, but you you live in Australia or New Zealand? I forgot. Uh, Australia. I thought so. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Don't, don't, I, know that, I know they're different. Yeah. But you've tweeted New Zealand stuff too. So I have. Yes. You know, but yeah. You, so, yeah. So, he is, he is. He was in this and looking at his very short IMDb aside from Water Rats and Neighbors. Nothing I've heard of. And I've I've only heard of Water Rats because people in that were in Brian Trichard Smith films. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Otherwise I would never have heard of that. So that'll yes. be it, yeah. Yes. Did um did you recognize this guy at all? I didn't. No. I, no. <laughs> only once I went on IMDb, I went, oh, okay. Uh, he's Australian. He's obviously dubbed. Yes, very. Everyone in this film is dubbed, I think, except Brid- uh, Bridget. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but 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 because but, but, he's because he's he's Australian. Yeah, obviously, and you know, got to get that out. Obviously, he's, this this person's not. And then the most of the rest of the cast is Japanese. Yeah. And of those people, the most acclaimed, most well known to anybody would be uh, Hiroyuki Watanabe, who plays. I guess, quote unquote, Uncle, Uncle Tetsuro. Um, and he was in a lot of stuff in Japan. He was very recently in Tokyo Vice. Ah. He was in that. And he was in a few other, you know, well-known movies, both in both mostly Japanese and a lot of TV. And I recognize his face in commercials. Ah. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he died by suicide, I think, this year. And no one really knows what happened now. But he was—he was a pretty good actor. He's barely in this, but he's fine. Yeah. And then the rest of the cast is pretty much like B 
B-grade Japanese actress. There's a, there's, a, there's a big guy named Tora Uganda whose name is Tora Uganda because people thought he looked like Idi Amin. It was just fucked up. <laughs> um, a lot of like the hotel doorman in this was a guy named Noboru Mitani who is like in a lot of like low-grade horror and softcore porn and in Kurosawa's uh, Dotekaren. Just, just randomly, yep. A couple of common Rider people are in this. A couple Ultimate people are in this. Yep. You found a funny one. Yes. So uh, what's his name? Masayoshi Takigawa. There we go. Masayoshi Takigawa in this film plays... A policeman. Again, a policeman, like, yeah, because duh. And he, his, the rest of his credits... <laughs> are, are interesting. 80s, what in Japan, what in Japan is called Roman porn. Yeah, which a, a is genre I'm not unfamiliar with. Me neither. I'll be honest. Uh, it's not pornography. No, um, not really. It's basically violent softcore porn. Yeah, and a bit arty. A bit arty sometimes by uh, Nikatsu, mm. a studio. Uh, my favorite of those is a movie called Sex and Fury, which I highly recommend if you want to see a naked woman kill 8,000 Yakuza guys in a sword fight. You get the sex, you get the fury. I mean... It's yeah, all right there. This guy's in a movie... I'm going to read some of this. Oh, man, this guy's movies. They're, be- they're beautiful titles. Oh, they are God. beautiful. You read them, you read them, you read them. Let's see, what have we got here? Yeah, you read these. Uh, Lesbians in Uniforms 2. 2. The first one's better. Uh, sexy Oral. <laughs> yes, Sexy Oral. Uh, beautiful Sisters Painting! Exclamation mark. With a colon after pet sisters. Yes. Uh, true stories of a woman in Soapland, colon, tear. Or tear. I hope it's tear. I hope it's tear. I hope it's tear. I don't know. Uh, flesh dream. Flesh dream. Cinderella ecstasy. I like, and there's two more. Gigolo, a docudrama. Ooh. <laughs> and Koichi Uno's female doctor is also wet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Uh, these are a bit more ribald than the ones I've seen. Yeah, the yeah. we're sort of getting into uh, this is the title. This is what you're looking for. You're going to get this. Um, Lesbians in uniform too. You know what you're going to get. Uniform too. Um, remind me after the, to tell you a story about this, but I'm not going to send a podcast anyway. <laughs> um, very much not. Anyway, so yeah, that was funny, and everybody else is like some various Japanese comedians and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody really major uh but it like it was fun watching this with my boyfriend who was japanese and like every few minutes he's like hey it's that guy you, you and, know you don't know them but it's like i've seen their face yeah, yeah. and he, he he described it uh, well i just i asked him if it was like a movie full of japanese dick millers and he was like yes yes it yeah. is because he knows he knows who that is <laughs> dick miller was mr Futterman in, in gremlins and in eight hundred thousand other films so a lot of japanese character actors apparently showed up to be a police chief or a hotel doorman or whatever there's a lot yeah but then there's one more person there's 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 a mystery there's a mystery so who's the villain of this film so there's a Uh, villain dr finkel he is um let's say somewhat jewish yes in appearance yes i mean the movie is made by jewish producers yes yeah I imagine this actor is probably Jewish, and I imagine he probably knew Golden Globus. I say I imagine because I don't know who this person is. No. You, he is credited as Shaw Fontaine. Now, Shaw Fontaine is the person. 
However, Sharfartain is a woman. Yeah, that's already. No, no. What was that? Already. uh, No, that's wrong. So, yes. uh, And so for a second, I was like, wow, Sharfartain was like, were they they trans or did she perform this role in drag? Like, no, because you can't hide those puppies. So that's not her. Sharfartain was only in a few movies. She was in The Love Boat and her last film was The Punisher. Oh, that's yeah. also mm. canon. Also canon. Oh, yeah. Uh, or canon adjacent, at least. Uh, she was also in Super Train, which is a fun, fun movie name to say. Um, the yes. TV show Super Train. And so that's not that's not her. That's, in, like, that's incorrect. That is wrong. And that's what the IMDb has. And if you Google Shaw Fontaine, because Shaw Fontaine was a pretty lady, you get nothing but Shaw Fontaine, the actress. I tried. I even tried searching his for his name in Hebrew. No luck. No luck. Nothing. No luck. So I don't know who he is, and he looks familiar to me. Mm. So if anybody out there listening to this, if they're between 70 and 120 people <laughs> per episode, <laughs> give or take, who uh, watch this movie, if you, any of y'all know who he is, yo, I'm lost. Person. I am lost to a table on Twitter. Uh, let me know. We need if we need if we need we, we we need to know the the identity of this Doctor Finkel. Look, the world is ending. I have very little control over any of that, and my health deteriorating on a semi monthly basis. Give me this. Yeah, <laughs> let me know who Doctor Finkel in too much was. So yeah, as you can probably guess, when it comes to production information, yeah, fuck a final man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nothing. Did you do any research? Very little. Yeah. I, there is not a lot. <laughs> there's nothing out there. There's and... a there's a there's a website that claims you could buy the rights to it or something, I don't know. Or like you can inquire about the video rights or something, I don't know. Yeah, that's about it. And we'll get to the rights near the end of here. Um yeah. And I couldn't even find out when it opened exactly. It probably opened in May of 87. It did not get a simultaneous nationwide release. No, a bit of a uh, roadshow. It was opening around the same time as Big Shots. Uh, uh. I found this great, po- this great news clipping I shared on Twitter that you saw too. Of a double p- of half a page with two movie ads. One is for too much. Yeah. One is for the great land of small. Oh yes, which two movies I've never heard of. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the second one is part of the series of films that gave us the peanut butter solution. Okay, I've seen so that. It's it's one of those weird Canadian mm-hmm. sort of th- fever dreams that Americans probably saw and of like going to uh, Reddit and going. Does anyone remember this weird fucked up movie? Does anyone remember this movie that I wa- we watched in school when the teacher was sick? Yeah, it's usually I, I had a fever too. I don't know. I don't remember most of it. Yeah, that's how I saw Peanut Butter Solution. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was was funny to me that like those things came out. This came out did no made no money. 
Uh, We'll get to the reviews in a bit, but I think we should now go in depth. In depth. Let's go deep into. We can't have too much. Too much. No. Uh, so spoilers, but spoilers, spoilers for a film that you will never see, or you've already, you know, spoilers. Anyway, movie opens with Susie on a plane with her parents and excessive narration. Yep. (laughs) Record scratch. Yep. That's me. We're going to Japan, baby. Yes. That's me in a plane. I don't like, I don't like flying, but I like landing. Who the fuck likes landing? Yeah, that's that's when your ears pop. That's when you think you might die. Yeah, you know you're you're a weird kid. Um, yeah. And then I think this is probably the best scene in the movie. Um, yeah. Once she arrives in Narita Airport, uh, which still looks like that. <laughs> of much. course, I I've been there. Uh, it's a it's a hellhole. Um, it is the LaGuardia of Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. Trust me, it's bad and. Then they get into a futuristic cab and proceed to have the opening finish. Montage. It's a time yeah. for a montage. We're going to montage. It's a beautiful to, montage. So, so, two good things. So, the, so, let's first let's break down the visuals because this is great. Because this is a. Oh, yes. So, why, yeah, why, why are the visuals so great here? It's, it's 1980s Japan. It's chaotic. It's beautiful. Yeah, and, it has. Yeah, go ahead. And I'm it's sorry. interspersed with uh, Bridget Anderson just going, "Wow!" Yeah, and like you get to see some Sacha Harajuku. There's those dudes who used to dress like Elvis. Yeah, with the big pompadours. Yeah, pompadours and like some cool, cool stuff from t- temples, and just nice crowd shots and nice, and also some commercials, like because there's a TV, so you get to In see the a commercials. Yeah, yeah, so you get to see a commercial for Nissan Foods. Yeah. Um, and she calls somebody the Japanese Marlon Brando. Just, just, uh, just an ad lib. Just. I. But that is that is uh, Morita Kensaku. Um, oh, there we go. He is the former governor of Chiba. <laughs> and he's uh, an ad for, for some sort of noodle. I assume. This is before he was the, he was an actor first. Ah, of course. Uh, uh, he is not. You go actor, then you go governor. That's how it works. Usually, yes. Yeah. Uh, also, before I forget, in Japan, this movie is called Robo Friend. Oh, what a perfect name! Better name, yes. Be- much better name, yes. And but during this montage of great footage, showing, showing how much fun you can have in Japan. There's a song that tells you that they're having fun in Japan. Where are they having fun? They're having fun, fun in Japan. Where? They're having fun in Japan. They're they having, having fun, fun <laughs> in Japan. Under the rising, under the rising, under the rising sun in Japan. It's beautiful. <laughs> It tells you what you need to know. Yes. I, so Having that is fun one, in a cab. Yes, man. Cab. Hey, well, last time I had fun in a cab, you could not put that in, in a movie. Anyway, Ooh. um, 
that is uh, by Kobe Recht, and uh, who his real name is Kobe K O B I Recht. He is a Israeli singer songwriter. Uh, is co-written by someone named Hilya Recht, who I assume is his wife, or sister, or brother. I don't know uh, Israeli. Some names. relation. Some relation there. He wrote all the songs in the film. We'll get to the other two later. Um, all of them were produced by George Clinton, not that George Clinton, and all of them are a hundred percent Sinclavier. Oh yes, it's, it's it's one instrument being used to its fullest potential. I would. It's being used to its fullest. I I don't know if it's hitting all the potential. Uh, Fun in Japan is a terrible song. It's so t- I love it so much though. <laughs> and, then, and then it has that part, and it's also kind of the film score because it has that weird that dun 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 beat. And they use that throughout the film. And when they try to edit to it, you can't do that because it's not a standard beat. Yeah, so it's not a good light motif. You're right. Not a good light motif. Yeah, mm, nice. Not a good light go. motif. And when they edit to it, it's like the it's like, are you photosensitive? Be careful because uh, you might she's her out here. Uh, it's oh, there are some very quick cuts in this montage. Yeah, right. yeah, and with a lot of like flashing lights too, mm. which is funny because the, the robot can't do doesn't like those. But we'll get there. Um, yes. So there's a terrible song, absolutely terrible song, uh, absolutely terrible song. Uh, I did find somebody's YouTube channel. They put this up, and apparently this person did contact George S. Clinton about this song. Oh. And George S. Clinton told him it was on Synclavia and that the song is lost. Oh. So that goes into the other things about this movie not being re-released, which we'll get to later. So then they arrive in Japan. And is Susie having a good time in Japan at first? Uh she she likes it. She's uh she's getting a little bit bored though. As she yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's trying to be friends with with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And I noticed that uh, her clothing changes in between the scenes of her, like, getting up early, checking out the TV, and then the vacuum comes in and her clothes keep changing for some reason. Like, she's, oh, in, think- a t- she's in a tiny kimono at first, and then she's yeah. not. It's weird. I think it's just, that's the show Passage of Time. Maybe. It's not Maybe. very well, it's not very well uh, realized then. No. No. So then, but, uh, but apparently, yeah. uh, his his un- her uncle, you know, uh, not real uncle, not real uncle, has some sort of peewee house, robot house contraption stuff going on. Yeah, see, see, basically falls a trap door. Yeah, and discovers Uncle Tetsuro's workroom, mm. and for some reason he's like, "I have this prototype top secret robot," and. I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> it's for you know. I want every child to have a, a robot companion in the future. So then we meet the robot, which, by the way, is so big. It's very big. I ass- I assume they have to fit a person in there or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's huge. It's like it's like it's, it's bigger proto- than it's a prototype. They'll they'll slim it down in the future. It's bigger it's than Polly. It's bigger than Polly's robot in Rocky Four. You yeah, and less sexy, very much so. I mean, I guess, and it's huge. It's just so big. <laughs> I just can't get over how massive that robot is. It's like me in Japan. Yeah, because I'm I'm a giant. And then, 
So the the robot makes its way to the house, meets Susie. She names it. It's, that's when she names it. You are too much. My name is too much. My name or, is too much. Or TM for or short. Or TM for short. So this, yeah, so this is an 80s robot, which means it has a fully fleshed out personality. Yes. Uh, it, is, it is a level of artificial intelligence that is still science fiction. Yes. Um, they've, they've cracked it. That's what this motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so what are some of the things that, that Susie and TM do together? Uh, they uh, throw a ball around with no clear uh, rules in place. Yes. TM has a built-in pong that they play with joysticks, so that can't be too much fun. No. You need you need dolls for those sorts of games. You're right. You're right. Shit. I didn't think about that. You need, you need the, the paddle, the paddle controller. Uh, he uh, TM sings the creepy lullaby to a robot toy as the you know rock by robot. That is um, terrifying. That is a terrifying. Uh, thing. Am I, am I, gives I, it a battery like it's a milk bottle. Yes, I might. In, I might clip in that that little song right now. Oh no! <laughs> rock by robot on the microchip dot. When the screen lights, the software will beep. When the terminal breaks, the microchips will fall. And down will come robot software and all. My <laughs> favorite is when... Well, my two, well, he does do one useful thing. He translates Japanese TV for her. Yes, that's great. I, I, where's my robot to do that? I mean, I asked my boyfriend, but he gets annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Not, not fair. Do this and, for me, robot. Do something, rob- robot boyfriend. And then there's the scene where they have a heart-to-heart under the stars. The very, very fake stars. That is the worst fake sky in a movie ever. It's it's not well... Uh, they haven't done the matte painting that well, no. They haven't done the matte that well. <laughs> like, uh, also, TM can apparently charge in five seconds... TM can, ch- yeah, in, in, like he's like, can you plug me in, please, Susie? And then it's like five seconds later, he's like, okay, I'm done. Yes, and uh, he, um, what when he's being charged, don't fucking touch him or he can no. electrocute you. Yes, that's a weird, and it never comes up in the movie. But it never comes up again. It's like, okay, for he some reason, the- you're just gonna put that, yeah, fear of God into her. He, the fact that he can mildly electrocute people does come into play. That's but that, yeah, but not this part. He's like a nineteen eighties arcade cabinet. Oh yes, because like if you one, touch one those wrong, wrong, yeah, one wrong yeah. move and then yeah, those, that 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 can go bad for you. So yeah, so they have all these. Crazy it's also high- the flimsiest connection ever. I've oh, it's noticed. a yeah, it's, it's yeah, a, it's, it's, it's a Japanese awful. power it, connection. Trust every me. time I see him charge, I'm like, that's that's no, that's not good. So you know, so I don't know about Australia. Do you got three prong? Yes, we do. It looks so, like a sad face. Yeah, so you got three prong. Most people listening to American, y'all, y'all know what a three prong out looks like. You see, the third prong's for grounding. You know. Yes, that's uh, important. Japan's like fuck grounding. No, no, no we don't ground that. shit. Ground your mother. Um, yeah. So nothing here's grounded, which is terrifying. I mean, in Japan, it's like fifty hertz and sixty hertz, depending on which half of the country you live in. I think it's a little bit shambolic. Uh, well, everything's everything supports yeah. both anyway, so that's not yeah. that's not really an issue. Um, the but yeah, it, it, it's Japanese Japanese electricity. 
it's yeah. clearly based modeled around the American sort of plug. Yeah, but it's only two prong. Yeah. So you have I yeah, have even my in th- America there are some three prong stuff. You're right, absolutely. No, well in America, hey, I, I'm American. Um, yeah. I will say in America, most major electronics are three prong. Yeah. Um, your your lamps are two prong. Your toaster. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. five thousand dollar PC. Yo. Yeah, grounded. Fleet grounded. Mine, not so much. Mm. It's crazy. But anyway, enough about the uh, the intricacies <laughs> of of the Japanese power system. Um, that's what people come here for. That's yes, yes. But while she's having all this fun, there are nefarious things going on behind it, behind her. Oh yes, Doc, uh, the fat Dr. guy Finkel. who isn't named until like halfway through the movie. Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. He's not named no. until weirdly enough. Uh, he's stalking them. Weirdly, and apparently he's working with Dr. Finkel, who is yes. working on his own robot, which is nowhere near as good. Yes, Dr. Finkel's Ed 209 to too yes. much is Robocop. Um, uh, who cannot give him a simple glass of water. Without exploding. Without exploding. Um, very, there's a, a, you know, this movie was written by, wrote by the French guy, but the, the comedy is very Japanese. It is. It's very it's bonsai, very, very two-person. Yes. Yeah, very bonsai, very broad. Um, yes. Lots of slapstick. Lots of good slapstick. Lots of slapstick. I wouldn't say good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then, so while Dr. Finkel wants the robot, Susie falls in love with TM, and then it's time to go, because whatever her dad's job is, which they never say, (laughs) his work there is done. 14 minutes in, it's all... (laughs) 14 minutes in, we're done. That's the movie. The end. No! Um... TM. So how does he do this? Does he does he literally ignore his programming? He does. He's yes. uh Susie has a thing, a watch communicator, risk communicator sort of thing, and it's like, TM, we're going to Narita Airport. You have to follow me. And if so, what, and, what is- and and so he's like, Well, I guess I better go. Even yeah. though even though at first when they're going into the taxi, he's like, Well, no, you have to go. That's just that's that's very clear, but then yeah. he ignores it. It's like, well, Susie said to Susie said Susie said to follow him, so that's what I'm going to do. And okay. I don't know what Susie thought before because Susie doesn't doesn't know that TM can't go with them until they go to the car. And like Susie, that's a Japanese taxi, and TM is the size of a refrigerator. He, he is. I don't not, know. He is not fitting in the back. No, I barely fit in the back of a Japanese. I'm, oh, I'm bigger than TM. So anyway, um, I'm taller anyway. He, he, he probably weighs more than me. Um, solid steel. But he can't. He can't bend. He can't. Like I mean, he can't. you know, some days never can I he get well, old. Back, bad back. But anyway, so TM decides to go after Susie. Now, have you been to Japan before? I have not. Do you know how close Narita Airport is to Japan, to Tokyo? I can't imagine that. Well, considering that people do not live in the city and and go in via the train that takes about a few hours each way, I'm going to guess it's pretty far away. It is 84 kilometers away. Uh, wow. You can get the not a bullet train, but an express train. It'll get you there in an hour from the middle of Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and there's once you get past Funbashi, there ain't shit. There ain't shit out there. No, it's, it's 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 all fields. It, it's the it's 
not to rant a bit more, it's the worst goddamn airport in the goddamn world. It sucks shit. Um, Take that, Narita. Well, I'm so well. I never have to go there again because one, with the way the world's going, I'll never leave the country again. But anyway, if I can, um, Delta now flies out of Haneda. Haneda is in the city. Haneda takes half an hour to get to from my house, so <laughs> I'm so happy. But anyway, so yeah, it's far away. Is my point? And, Pretty dang far. And what would you say, TMs and um, KEMPHs? Two. <laughs> so for our Americans, it's like four and a half. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. If you if you're being generous, and eventually he hooks a ride on a taxi. Yeah, he skitches. Yeah. He skitches. Yeah. Skitching. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the doorman at the at the hotel does a good double take on what? And he goes off to the airport. But still, that would take like if Susie probably has at least an hour head start on him. Absolutely. And it take it would take it takes an hour by express train yes they're taking a taxi now look i get it's a movie made for people who never been to tokyo and geography smeography but i live here and this movie is terrible so when a movie is terrible those kind of things like if it was if it was a great movie you wouldn't care (laughs) no no we wouldn't be nitpicking no but i'm nitpicking because it's a bad movie yes and Susie runs away from her parents like in the middle of the goddamn airport because Susie's a piece of shit kid. Yeah. She didn't want to she didn't want to worry anyone, so she ran away at an airport, which is already you know, starting to stress people out. And this is like before nine eleven, so if she was a really bad kid, she just wanted to fucking plane. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be gone. Like, where's Susie? Timbuktu. Well fuck. But she just kind of runs away and then falls very lightly and then can't walk. No, yes, she is. She's down. She has to hide behind trash cans to avoid being spotted by the police. Yes. And all the while, she's using a risk of maintenance. She's like, where the fuck are you, TM? And TM's just like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm I'm working on it. And then he he steals a luggage luggage, uh, cart. Yeah, because he's like, well, Susie's Susie's obviously injured, and that's going to get her around. Susie is a weak being of flesh, and she needs help. Mm. And... So he finds her, and so she's like, "We're together again." And t- what is so? But TM's like, "No, fuck you, kids. No, you have to go." So T- TM is more responsible. <laughs> so TM's like, "Oh, you gotta go. We're gonna go back to the airport." They go back it's, to the airport. It's night. Night. Uh, they see him. They flash their lights at him, and he goes, "Oh my god, no! We can't go here. <laughs> yes. It's dangerous. Danger, 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 Susie yes. Robinson, danger." And it seems to me to have a robot in Tokyo that's scared of flashing lights, bad idea. It's it's just gonna it's it's gonna set off at like five every five minutes. Yes. And then the next thing you know, they're by Mount Fuji, which is in the other direction. Oh, yes. Narita. oh don't, don't don't forget about the, the, the scene where they're uh going against traffic and uh, oh, TM for is fuck's putting- sake. And TM is putting her in more danger than flashing lights. There, There is one car that swerves way too late. Yeah. I, I think in the, the movie, I'm sure that kid was fine. I'm sure. Yes. It's I'm sure there was no kid at the, the, there at the time because it's very dark. You can't really see it. There's a robot. It's all good. And you can but, do a lot of good stuff with fourth perspective in, in cars. So, yes, like, I'm sure is, there was, Yeah. There is one car which swerves way too, way too late. 
Yeah, but I don't think Eric Rochard was endangering uh, Bridget Anderson. No, I don't want to. I don't want to put. They're both dead, but I don't want to put that on him. That's me. No, it's um, it's very upsetting. I'll, he's, a, he, he's a bad filmmaker, but I don't think he he, he, tried, he tried to kill a kid for a movie. Um, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And yeah, so then they she she wakes up. I think and they're in rural Japan. Right? Yeah, they're in rural. Yep, yep. And how long? How much time is spent making milk? <laughs> way too much well she's like well obviously we're on we're on a farm uh i'm hungry uh milk and uh tm has to learn how to make milk so he goes through his database and he's like yeah uh nope that's not milk no he thinks about bulls no that's wrong wrong way wrong fluid yeah wrong fluid uh Mm. eventually uh you do see a robot milk a cow which is incredible yeah Uh, yeah yeah Mm -hmm. she puts a Bask, uh, she puts a bucket down and she's about to chow down and I'm like, oh no, raw milk. She's a she's a raw milk truther. And <laughs> thankfully, TM, TM's like, no, no, you you have to heat it up, Susie. It has to be pasteurized. So he puts his finger in, it boils it up, and he's like, there, you're good. But then she tries to drink boiling milk and it's like, no, Susie, no, Susie, wait. you have to no, you have to wait until it's not boiling. What are you fucking so, seven? It's like, yes, yeah, so she, oh, okay. she has some milk. She's she's fine. That's all you need. That's all. It does about it good. Yeah. And then they go on rural Japan adventures. There's the very long scene at the gas station. Very long that involves uh, vending machines. Yes. Uh, TM Susie, Susie, Susie pays and TM's like, ah, check this shit out and just spits more cans than I think a vending machine is able to hold. It's like those vending machines in Maximum Overdrive. Mm. And minus, the, guy minus the guy who runs it like, sees up like 2,000 cans on the floor, and he's like, oh, my fucking God. Yes. And then that, of course, ends with the policeman, and through a series of misunderstandings, his car ex- explodes. Yeah, like, he shoots He shoots yeah. the petrol the petrol pump and explodes. It's Yeah, why this one, this one cop is chasing this little girl gun out, and he trips, and while it's a bad, he's not a very good actor here, when he trips, he raises his gun to suit it. Yeah. And he shoots at the pet the, the gas pump. Um, I'm American, goddammit. Of course. And um it explodes. It is oh, it's 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 a weird thing in a kid's movie to just so see. Well, like, so yeah, see a cop but he kills a little girl. But I guess She's... that goes in Japan, because in Mac and Me it has that scene where the cop also <laughs> shoots the kid and it's like, Yeah, that's fine. We can put that in the Japanese version. Yeah, the that's Japanese fun. version of Mac and Me as a kid gets shot in the chest. Yeah. yeah. About that. Um Thanks for that. Yes. And then they're on the run again after they have a gas station. And then that little shithead kid shows up. Yes. Who's like, oh, no, I'm on your side. It's all cool. We can use my dad's Jeep. It's fine. I am 100% on board. They have found the one boy in 1980s Japan who's wearing long pants um, and not terrifying shorts. No, not not upsetting shorts. No. Not upsetting shorts. That's a good way to put those. Mystery science theater says, I think. (laughs) They are. You know, not wrong. And then... That more chases with Finkel and it turns into a Hal Needham film at some point. <laughs> a, 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 an orange stand gets hit by a police car. It's great. <laughs> yes, uh, I and wish then, it was a Hal Needham film. <laughs> and then uh, too much. This movie had this movie aspires to be as good as Stroker Ace. Oh, God damn please. it! Okay, go and ahead. And then uh, uh, too much uh, stops at a stoplight during his chase because he is a nerd for rules. Yes. And then, then the cop is like, well, why is he stopped? He crashes. Uh, 
petrol pours out of the ta- out of the car. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for it to explode. It does not somehow. He yes. sits with his back on the car, on the flipped car. Yes. Uh, which I would not do. I'd no. get away from that car immediately. And he's like, why did you stop? And TM's like, stop saying. And he's, he just laughs. He's like, you, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and then Tia, and then they decide, let's not use a car. Let's hitch. Yeah, and they go, yeah, they go by this truck. This wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Oh, because during that, during the driving scene, Doctor uh, Finkel gains control of the robot because uh, the police get involved. And oh, ask, that's right. Yeah. Oh, we're forgetting all about this. Oh God. Uh, no. The police uh, get involved. Uh, he's trying to. Uh, get control of TM using a NEC PC-88 or something. And uh, they decide, (laughs) instead of getting the inventor of the robot, we're going to get this other guy who says that he can get control of the robot, Dr. Finkel. Yes. And uh, he's just like, give me your your coordinates. Stop for me. And it's just like, why are you giving control over to this guy instead of the guy who invented this prototype robot? The police are idiots, apparently. I don't yeah, know. And, and, and Dr. Finkel's an idiot. And Dr. Finkel, like, it should be said, like, this film was produced by, by Israeli Jews. Yes. Dr. Finkel is, like, one of the worst Jewish stereotypes I've ever seen in a, in a, in a Hollywood it's, film. It's pretty bad. It's kind of, like, and it's like, I guess, I guess, how do I phrase this? Okay, let me, let me think. Okay, so, in an Israeli film, if the entire cast is Jewish and you have a villain, then that's a Jewish villain. Yes. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when the only character in the film who is obviously Jewish is the villain. Like like uh, the villain and is the most stereotypical conniving villain in the world. Like that's That's a problem. It's a problem. That's a problem. I mean, luckily, no one saw this film, so nobody cares. Yeah, yeah it doesn't, but, it doesn't um, matter. In all, in all honesty, it really doesn't matter. Doesn't anyway, matter. Dr. Finkel tries to stop the robot while it's driving a car, which is a great <laughs> idea. Yes, it is. The police the police are totally on board with, with this, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that, that, then that all happens. So, we, yeah, we can't forget about that. No, so we the can't police are, The police are meddling. Dr. Finkel's meddling. The person who invented the robot is like, no, you're you're useless. Go, 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 cry with the parents. Yes, you're done. <laughs> you're thank you, thank you. Mm. And then they go in a complete waste of a good location. They eventually end up in the fish market. Yes, uh, the and now closed. Susie is like, fish. She's a little white girl who hates. Yeah, fish. yeah. <laughs> um, she's my niece. Yes, and but it's a complete waste of that location. They're like you see the floor like for one minute, and then the rest of it's yeah. like on an obvious, obvious stage, like soundstage, underground. Yeah, dark lighting, random pools of water for no reason, and 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 uh, extension cables for power just strewn on the wet floors. Yeah, as you do. It's, you know, as you do. Japan plays fast and loose with them, with them, with them safety laws. And I guess it's a sewer system because there's a body of water there. Yeah. And uh, why does the boy use the can opener to um, bat at the? Is there bats in there? No. What's What's the reason he starts swinging the can opener around? I forgot why he swings the can opener, but but TM does not like can openers. Does not. No, and he falls into this body of water. Mm-hmm. And 
his head comes off. He takes his head off. Yes, and he's just like, oh, Susie, you gotta get my buddy out of the water. And I'm like, that that is not a task for two children, <laughs> two eight-year-old children to do. That has to weigh a lot. In the water. And yes. then, yeah, and the part that was so, but it's totally fine. Like, it was this 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 it totally submerged in the water for several minutes. Several minutes, and, and several then they minutes. Just, and then they plug him in, and it's fine. And it's like, wow, okay. And even more, even lazier, Finkel then shows up with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch, basically, yes. and starts yanking shit out of TM's head. Because he's like, well, I'll figure out this robot by taking out its circuits and I'm therefore going to I'll use it on my robot. It will electrocute this robot and then tear its brain apart. You're not that is, that get... is his, electrocuting is his favorite method of, of disposing of robots. He is, it is fun. He is way too happy to start just electrocuting robots at the end of the movie, which yes. we will get to, of course. But that, that is his method of choice. But they escape because Bernie's had enough. Bernie's like, you made that robot suffer. Yeah, um, he's, he's a softy. He's a big he's softy. softy. He's a, yeah, the, the, the fat guy's a nice uh, guy. Thankfully, uh, Dr. Finkel didn't uh, get too much out of too much because uh, he's fine in the next scene. And How was just he fine? Again. How was he fine? What do they say? What happened? Uh, uh, do you remember? Uh, Robot magic. Robot magic. That's right. Yeah. He, 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 he is a, a self repairing robot. He, he's a self. He, all he had to do was push a few buttons and change stuff, and he was fine. It was like robot magic. It was like lazy script writing. Yeah. It, oh, I was so angry. They, adapt, they can adapt. It's amazing. And this is when the film, like, the film's off the rails from the second Susie goes to the airport. But yeah, because it's like, okay, you're sad because you can't take your. Robot companion with you. Yeah. But you have to start to wonder, like, what's the end game here? Yes. This can't take him. He is a he is a prototype. Your uncle needs to work on that prototype. You can't stay in Japan. You don't live there. Trust me. The visas here are motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You're not you're not gonna do it all yourself. You're not you you you're dependent. You're seven. What are you gonna do? But while they go hide in a department store that had a robot display, of course, as as you do, as you do. Uh, apparently, you, this this story has been going around Japan, and yes. children are fucking loving it. They're like, we've had enough of our goddamn parents telling us what to do. Yeah, man. These are these are the symbols of our hope. Yes, the 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 children have rallied behind uh, Susie and TM's cause. What that cause is, they don't say, but those kids have rallied behind it. You can tell because an Eng- a radio announcer in English says for, that for while Tokyo, radio Tokyo radio radio Tokyo by for, yes, but while radio while visible radio waves leave Tokyo Tower. Otherwise, you wouldn't know where where this sounds coming from. <laughs> it's like Godzilla. Um. <laughs> They hide in this robot exhibit. At one point, they find this room full of Japanese clothing, and then Susie, this little shithead, says to the Japanese boy, "How totally unprovoked, you... totally unprovoked, like out of nowhere. Why do you dress nowhere. like an American? Why come you dress like an American? Because he's wearing a, a baseball cap and jeans, and yeah. he's like, he's like, fuck you, but yeah. <laughs> he's not really. But he goes and puts on the Jap- some quote unquote Japanese clothes, um, yeah. and then she falls asleep and doesn't see it." Um, 
And then there's this finale. Oh, the finale. Oh my go, God. go for it. Go for it. Right, right. So uh, they get all the robots to come out of the, of the shopping center all at once. They've got Namco and Taito branded yeah. robots. They have, uh, they have uh, ships. They have tiny uh, radio controlled ships. They have radio controlled helicopters they have plane, tiny planes, and they just start fucking attacking all the cops. Bitch, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. And also, it could be said, those are not robots. No, they're just toys. They're just yeah, toys. They're, they're, just, they're just toys. Uh, TM, TM sort of has an existential moment of like, oh, they're sort of like me, but they're not. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh no! And there's like there's even like a, the like the robot gorilla band like on a fucking Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> That's right. Yes, the they're background. playing outside. Do you have? Yeah, they're playing what's, outside. What's the what's the Australian version of Chuck E. Cheese? You Is know, there? I was I was looking around, and it turns <laughs> out that a version of Chuck E. Cheese might have existed at one point on the Gold Coast. Okay. So, technically, yes. Wow. Okay. Make- I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't really have the uh, the robotic band restaurant we down have here one for in, some reason. Yeah, we I have one of my hometown called Major Magics, which uh, lasted until about ten years ago, and that was more that was more fun because uh, adults could drink there. Oh yes, of course. So you know, get the kids some pizza and some tokens, and then get lit. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, freaking robots just start firing at the cops. The cops just go to town. They they start kicking them over. Yeah, it is it is a massacre of these toys. It's like the 1968 Democratic Convention. Um, oh, they're boot stomping. They're just yeah, fucking... man. Doctor Finkel's got his cattle prod out and he's just smiling like yeah, ear to fucking ear, going yes, finally the thing that I love the most. But then, uh, then all then a crowd of children with. Merchandise. Too much. I don't know. I don't know how they got this. All this stuff printed up. They have pins. They have flags. Flags. They have shirts, and it's all saying "I Heart TM." Yes, and and then and then the song plays. Yes, which is the most grating song I've ever heard because it's people singing in a very high voice, which is clearly out of their range. I am for TM. I'm for TM. That is also by Kobe Wrecked, performed by Kobe and Hilliard Wrecked and somebody called The Knowles. I don't think it's Beyonce. No. Um, no. Uh, I don't know who they are. No. You can't find, if there are any other musicians with the last name Knowles, you cannot find anything on them because no. Beyonce and Solange Thanks. Win. Yep. Yes. Yep. And Thanks. Yes. And we forgot the other song, Dear Friend. Oh, yes. On. The, the love theme. The uh, ballad. From, from Too Much, yes. Okay, the person who wrote that did do something else. So that was... Uh, no, Kobe wrote that. But it's performed by Beverly Nero. Beverly Nero's father is Peter Nero. Peter Nero's kind of a big deal. Wow. Yes. Okay, wow. Pianist. Um, yeah. Beverly Nero did the music for the, the movie Sorted Lives and the TV show. So that's... She escaped. So good for her. Um Nobody else did, it but anyway. Is, it is very weird. It's it doesn't fit in the movie at all. No. no. It could have been it could have been from something else entirely. Of the three songs, it's probably the best one. Yes. Uh it's still bad. It's still bad, but it's but it's, it's not. 
I might have to cut that. <laughs> or or uh or EQ that down a bit. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> um but yeah, I am for TM is bad. I'll put a snippet in right now. Sorry, the music snippets. The music snippets in this episode will not be very clean because you cannot find clean audio for this movie. Um, So that song plays. These kids run out like a Japanese festival. Um, The cops are like, "Well, we can't kill the kids, I guess." I guess. So the kids win, uh, and then TM shocks Doctor Finkel, who probably dies. I don't know. He, the last we see of him, he's he's sort of like spazzing out a little bit. Just go, convulsing, convulsing on the floor. Um, tongue, look, he's swallowing his tongue while little Japanese children trample him, trample on him. So I think he's dead. Yeah, my favorite part is there is one little kid who's maybe two and a half. You see for a second who does not know what the fuck is going on, and that kid is adorable. Yeah, bless him. (laughs) Yes, and then the movie ends. The movie ends. No resolution. She has to. She will have to go back to America. TM will not go with her. There was no end game. This. It's cut. so the the first fourteen minutes, everything past the last fourteen minutes has been for nothing. Yes, and it's it's kind of like you know it's like um so <clears throat> excuse me too much is kind of like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, and <laughs> wow, you're gonna say that? Okay, because you know how it's gonna end. They know how it's going to end. It has to end that way. But there's still no, there's no resolution. It just, no. It just ends. It just and ends on a, on a, on a freeze frame, like a 80 sitcom. And then what and does it, she say? Oh, TM, your title of this movie. You're too much. You're Credit. too much. It is insulting. We're having it is fun in Japan. Fun, fun. It is. I was not drunk when I watched this, and I was angry. Um, yeah, I've watched this film twice, both times sober. There oh, will not be a third. No, um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm uh, it's this. It is one of the most inscrutable films I've ever seen. Which you know, given Golan Globus, isn't that out of out of fashion? I mean. Okay, so American Ninja Two. <laughs> let's let's go back on that. Let's go back to last episode. American Ninja Two. American Ninja Two is a movie where a scientist who's creating a cure for cancer has his reject has his research hijacked so he can make well super ninjas. Okay, that film makes more sense than this. Yes. 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 Um, also, better directed. Um, also, better scored. Also, better movie. Um, also, Steve James. Man, this is, this is a, a travelogue. This is a travelogue. This is this feels like a tax break. This this is something that you'd see on NHK World to, to just relax and to just be like, ah, oh, breathe it in. Yeah, it feels Japan. like because like so like I learned what doing research to American Ninja Two, like American Ninja movies were made in South Africa 
because of a tax Oof. loophole to get double. Uh, I know, I know, to get a, a, a double tax credit, basically. So, right. I think by '87, Canon Films was in some pretty dire financial trouble. Yeah, they were putting like, out too many. Masters of the Universe was Ooh, a boy. big tank. You know, I saw that. that hey, was not for the- me. I saw that in the theater. But anyway, I loved it because that was eight and stupid. 80, yeah, 87 was not a good year. We have like Superman 4. We oh, have yeah, Masters yeah. of the Universe. There's a lot of stuff that I think Golan Globus is like, these are the move. These are the big movies that will get us out of the, out of a the- lot of money. And they did not do that. And at the same time, they were making some good, like more artistic fare. You know, because yeah, they like, could, because they make everything so cheap that it eventually turns a profit. Well, this is the year that made Barfly, which oh, yeah. Barfly is produced, co-produced by Francis Ford Coppola. It's based on a book by Charles Bukowski. It's by Bobby Schroeder. It has Faye Dunaway and Mickey Work in it. Back when they, he was a real actor, um, yeah. it that's a real movie. This is around the same time they made Runaway Train, yeah, which is. That's 85, but that's an amazing movie based on a script by Kurosawa starring John Voight and Eric Roberts. And that movie is incredible. You should watch. That's a, a fantastic, one of the best action films of the 80s, period. I mean, Canon Kurosawa. I mean, yeah, it's Canon Kurosawa. That's a great, that'll be on this podcast. That movie's spectacular. Highly recommend it. But they'll run out of money. And I think this was a tax break, or maybe they were trying to get in good with Toho. Yes. Maybe that's what it was. That would be a good company to get to get on the good side of, absolutely. Yeah, especially in the 80s, you know, cuz this yes. is this is when just this is this is still bubble bubble Japan. This is absolutely bubble economy Japan. It's never going to end. No, everything's oh, great. Oh no, it's 1991. Oops. Fuck me. Yes. So, yeah, I think that might have something to do with it, but this movie did come out. It's, <laughs> um, it it did. I mean, and I found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about seven or eight reviews. None of them positive. No, there was the one. Okay, I'm going to use some harsh language now. Um, some, 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 uh, not a not politically correct language. I apologize. Some offensive language about mentally handicapped people, but it's in the review. Yes, this is a review from the Baltimore Sun by Stephen Hunter. The girl, played with gagging cuteness by Bridget Anderson, is the only child of a jet-setting American couple. Although the lip-syncing is so retarded, I doubt English was the film's primary language. Two stars. Two stars. Um, He's also the one that points out that Finkel is a Jewish stereotype. And and brings up the oh, canon, huh? That would explain a few things, yeah. And yeah, also kind of in an iffy way. Also, this kid, this 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 critic really hates this kid because the kid liked the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, he, uh, hang on. It was Labor Day. It was raining, and she was beating up her older brother, and vice versa. And it sounded like somebody working on brass chandeliers with a chainsaw. And so off we went. Peace at any price. Two stars. Two stars. So he basically said, if you're under eight, you might like it. He calls he calls too much a percolator. Um, <laughs> another review, the Wichita, Kansas review by Bob Kurtwright. He gave it one second. It's he gave it one star. One star. And he's the headline: "Too much is no harmless movie." He's uh, right. He's right. The, the the police blowing up the 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 
Not for that, Thank though. You. No, not for that. He says, too much is wrong-headed and muddled in its glorification of quote-unquote innocent children. It gives carte blanche to the simplistic and incorrect notion that children unhampered by rules or adults or civilization can somehow find all the truth and beauty they need to make the world a better place. Monster. Uh, Yes, what sort of idiocy is this? Susie is not a victim fleeing from the attacker. She is not an abused or mistreated child fleeing from evil parents. That's a very good point as that well. That is a very good point. Instead, instead just, of being... She doesn't want to go back home without her robot friend. Yes. That's it. Uh, instead of being canonized, Susie should be grounded until she's 35 years old. <laughs> note some violence. That's it. Uh, note, some violence. <laughs> note some violence. That's it, yes. Uh, so yeah, I guess your critics are right. Like I said before, I cannot find any box office information on this film. It is, nope. does not exist. I ha- it, I have to imagine it bombed completely. It did get a VHS release in a few countries. I have never seen a U.S. tape of it. Um, so I don't know if it got released in America on VHS tape. And it's out of print now. And so here's the thing about movies. <laughs> It's complicated. It's complicated. So we watched this TV rip. The yes. TV rip has a Viacom logo on it. And it you would. Right. It has the. Dicka, 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 dicka. Viacom. That's a good one. That's, that's, a, a, good that, one. that's a good one. You would know. You would know. <laughs> and of uh, so you messaged me like, oh, this is why it's not, not, not available now. It's Viacom. I'm like, no. More, more complicated than that. So Viacom at one. Well, Viacom owns Paramount Pictures. Okay. Paramount at one point had TV rights to most canon films. That might not be true now, but they never had rights to films they did not co-produce with canon, which I don't think they did much with canon. So the majority of the canon library from 1991 is owned by MGM Home Entertainment. Some of it is owned by WB Home Entertainment, and everything post-91 is owned by WB and they also WB has distributed films owned by MGM because yes. WB has that Warner Archive thing, mm-hmm. and sometimes they distribute these MGM films. However, MGM Home Entertainment is now owned by Amazon. Well, Jeff Bezos, let's get it up there so, on Prime. Okay, two more things. So just because Amazon owns it doesn't mean they would release it. So like. <laughs> Kino Lober releases a lot of old canon films mm. and a lot of other boutique studios do because if you're MGM Home Entertainment and you own too much, for example, you're not going to put it out. But, you know, because even if you can make money off it, it's not enough money. Even so, if you put it on, like, as you said, the Warner Archive will yeah. burn you a DVD on demand. So a lot of times they they lease those out to companies like Shout Factory or Kino Lober or you know Vinegar Syndrome or mm. or anybody like that. So if you're like, why has a Vinegar Syndrome released this? That's a good question. But I think the real issue is, does a copy of this film exist in 2022? And I bet the answer is probably no. Oh yeah, no. I think this film any is more- any any positive any negative is gone. I think the only copy that would exist somewhere is maybe a cleaner source of the one we have that maybe that a TV station had. Yeah, TV station a, ta- on, a master tape yeah, that on way. A master tape. If this movie does exist, it's it, it, if this movie does exist, no one's found it. No, uh, which is a distinct possibility. It could, could totally be a perfectly fine print somewhere, but nobody cares. 
nobody cares. Of course, nobody, nobody, ca- cares. nobody cares about it. So this is not lost media in the in the lost media wiki sense. <laughs> which no. is bad. If I, I can't if I can't immediately Google it and it's not on the first page, then it's lost. Yes, but this movie could be lost. Like the the the. The actual a, print, a print of this film could be gone. That could be true. So that's so. So when like when George S. Clinton told that guy the soundtrack's lost, that means he he no longer has the stems, the the master recordings right, yeah. of those songs. Mm-hmm. So the master, so those songs are gone for sure. The yeah. only, so you will never get a release of this three track extended play. No, the twelve inch remix of Fun yeah. in Japan. No. Um, God damn it. So. I don't know if this film will ever be made available legally. No, I can't imagine. You never know. I mean, mm. I bought a movie from Shout Factory called Checkered Flag of Crash, which is a movie about the Baja race starring Larry Hagman. <laughs> okay? That got a release. Don't. Don't watch it. I own Scavenger Hunt on Blu-ray. Uh, I own... I mean, think of think of vinegar syndrome, you know, mm. some of the stuff they put out. I own Cloak and Dagger in 4K now, so you never know. You never know, but it's highly unlikely. I would say the most likely avenue for this film ever getting released is somewhere streaming. Yes, and it'll probably be a VHS rip. Of course, no. So, no. so you know, you might as well watch it. However, someone puts it on YouTube. But, um, Reese, I hate you for finding this movie. Uh, you you technically found it. I discovered it. You existed. discovered it. You I found, found a copy. You found a copy. I found a watchable copy. You went on the dark web and found a copy. So, thank you for that. Do you have any anything else you want to share about too much? Oh, that's no. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. I'm so, done. So, can you have too much? Of too much? Yes. How much? How much of too much is too much? Anything past the first 14 minutes. <laughs> no, there's that really good scene of Japan at night. Yeah. You can, yeah. Like, there's three, three shots of footage about half an hour it's, in. It's like UCC coffee sign and a TDK sign. That's it's yeah. nice. Yeah, my, my, my boyfriend had some nostalgia. Uh, the only people I think you will, we will never be as happy as some of the little kids in this movie. No. Like, there's a scene when one of the little kids, like when when too much is crossing Sabuya Scramble, this little t- toddler like runs up and touches him, and that yeah. kid is so happy. Uh, he loves it. He loves, he loves it so it. much. So I'm jealous for them. You know. Yes. Hashtag goals. But anyway, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. I'm sorry to anybody out there who decides to watch this film, <laughs> but I have watched it twice, so I had to talk oh, about it's it. But too much. It's too much, Reese. So Reese, if people haven't had enough of you. Oh. Uh, as opposed to too much, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, I'm Flemish Dog on Twitter. That's where I basically shit talk and f- talk about stuff I find. That's the best place to find me. A plus Twitter account. It's great. Yes, and and but you also on Twitch, right? Uh, I do occasionally when I remember that I do actually do have a Twitch account that I do. Uh, it's it's also Flemish Dog on there. Uh, I basically go through what I've captured and I'm like. I could probably show that without getting in trouble. <laughs> and, Mostly uh, TV shows and stuff, and it's all it's all with the commercials. So it's basically a, a you know a two to three hour television station. Have 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 you ever um, 
got a bunch of old tapes and had like home movies on it or something? It does happen. Anything uh, really it, weird? Nothing real. No. No snuff yet. No, no okay. snuff. Sometimes very incredibly badly dubbed porn, but that's it. Okay, well, you got. we'll talk later. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you're also on the Internet Archive, right? That's right, the Flemish Dog Collection. I have my own collection. I'm like the I'm like the Prelinger Archive over there, except <laughs> for 80s and 90s Australian and Japanese television. Yes, and you have a Patreon. I do. That's up there. It's all. If you look at my Twitter account, it's there's a lot of links up there. I I don't watch a lot of your stuff, but I do support your Patreon because people need access to Betamax recorders. It's it's, it's, it's true. It's important. It's true. But anyway, as per usual, you can find me online as Lost Table on Twitter, LostTurntable.com, Lost Table at YouTube, Lost Table, yada yada yada, and that'll do it. We've had too much or too much, and that'll it's too do much. It too much. And I'm going to go have fun, fun at the Japanese Oasis. So until then, <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. Fun, 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 fun.